0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit RenewingTheCenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Mark chapter 10. So This is following on pretty soon after the reading from podcast episode just a couple of days ago. Mark 10, beginning in verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. And again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going to go to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. And then James and John and the sons of Zebedee came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we asked. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus says. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, but... To sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John, and Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as the rulers of the Gentile lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I do ask you to help us hear Jesus. Help us to see what was going on in James and John, not not just to judge their actions, but to hear what what was happening in their hearts and maybe find it in our own hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So y'all, Jesus has just told his friends, That they were going to suffer persecution. He essentially said, I'm going down a dark road. You're following me. You're going to go down a dark road. And they are unnerved. We actually hear at the beginning of our passage here that they were both afraid and astonished. So the disciples are freaking out. They are not doing well. And we're meant to connect the dots. That when we are afraid and astonished, we usually don't say wise things um, because what's about to come out of the disciples' mouths is embarrassing. And what we're meant to see here is they were afraid, so they said something that was kind of dumb. And I just want to say to you, when you're afraid, the likelihood that you're going to say or think things that are not helpful, it goes up exponentially. This is true for me. It's true for you. It's just good to know it and to name it and admit it. We're meant to connect those dots here. So it's interesting to me that three times in the book of Mark, and Mark is a short gospel, 16 chapters, three times Jesus tells his friends that he's going to suffer and die. And in Mark's gospel, in each instance, the disciples jockey for position and power. Very fascinating. Jesus says, I'm going to suffer, and then James and John say, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, that is a fascinating statement. It's almost like something a small child would say. They're like, we're not going to tell you what it is, but we want you to promise to say yes. And Jesus seems to know something is up. He doesn't say, sure, or what a dumb thing for you to say. He just says, what do you want me to do for you? I think he knows they're moving in the wrong direction, but he doesn't shut them down. He doesn't shame them. He asks them a question. He says, well, what is it? And they say, when you're in glory, so essentially if everything goes bad like you say it's going to go bad, when, you're, when you win, when you're in glory, one of us would like to sit at your left and the other at your right. And what Jesus essentially says is there are no special rewards, no backroom deals, no secret packs that I'm going to give just for being a Christian. He says to them, are you able to drink the cup and be baptized? And they say, yes. And he says, you're right, guys. You are going to follow me. You are going to suffer. You are going to go down that dark road that you're afraid to go down. But he said, basically, I don't want you to carry a scarcity mindset when you go down that dark road. And y'all, I've just been thinking about this. This is so meaningful, I think, for what many of us are experiencing. Oftentimes we think, well, I can endure a pandemic if you'll promise to give me X, Y, or Z on the back end, God. Or I can go through um, a job uncertainty. Or I can go through loneliness in a relationship or dysfunction in a family situation if you will promise me X, Y, or Z. And what Jesus says is, I want you to follow me. And I want you to reject a scarcity mindset as you follow. And I just want to ask you, where is the scarcity mindset manifesting within your life right now? Where do you feel entitled for some backroom deals or where do you want something to um, get you through a kind of shot in the arm, if you will, to just give you the courage to face something hard? What Jesus was saying to James and John is follow me and you're going to be okay. But we're not going to work out a deal on the front end before you say yes. You have to say yes first. I think another thing that's really important for us to see in a passage like this is that our demand to be comforted and rewarded is frustrating to other people. The disciples hear about the request of James and John. And they're super annoyed. They're angry because James and John are like jockeying for position. They're, They're positioning themselves competitively with their own friends, their colleagues. And when you succumb to a scarcity mindset, there's something about the clamoring for position, kind of wanting to move ahead of the line and get yours first that when your friends or your family members or fellow members in your church find out about that attitude, they just don't trust you. And I love where this story goes. It says Jesus called them together, and that's not a casual reference to small group time. It means he called them together for a decisive lesson, and this is the lesson. He says, do not compete. I want you to serve. And I want to say to you, Jesus' word to you and me is do not compete. Do not— Uh, succumb to a scarcity mindset, embrace a posture of open-handed service. And for many, leadership means dominance, it means power, it means coercion. And for Jesus, it means open up your hands and acknowledge it in that way in the family of God. I love the fact that when he says, this is the Gentiles lord over you, but it's not so with you, not so with us. What Jesus is saying there, he's not saying, you know, it shouldn't be that way with us. He's actually saying it is not this way among you, whether you know it or not, that our current reality is one of service, whether you're living in scarcity and competition or not, the way it really is. We're a service people. And I want to say to you, you're a service person. Jesus actually takes that idea of service a step further. He says, you're meant to be not only a servant, you're meant to be a slave of all. A slave has even less power and influence than a servant. And Jesus is saying, take the lowest place. He's saying, choose a low posture, assume the lowest place, take the low road. And the disciples here, jockeying for position, jockeying for power, Jesus looks at them and says, if you'll take the low road, you'll be taken care of. And I just want to say, we are invited to follow Jesus. And we've been walking through what feels like an endless Lent. Well, now we're in the Easter season, and we have to say, God, I'm going to follow you. And in following him, I promise you, you will become more like him. Father, I pray for my friends that I ask you to help us to choose you. I ask you to help us to reject scarcity. I ask you to help us, Lord, to look at one another, not clamoring for position, Lord, but trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center.